Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. It's not just rushing in and doing something. It's taking wisdom and then thinking about how to apply that wisdom in our life. Looking behind the scenes and saying, okay, God, I want to take care of using my life as you designed it. That's what this prudence is. Now, one of the most prudent things we can do as human beings is to be wise with our time. Today, Pastor Mark reminds us that wisdom is living life according to God's perspective, with His values and in His timing. He emphasizes that the reference point is always God. Scripture says that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. This type of fear should be defined as love, worship, and respect towards Him, not fear and trembling of Him. This is the main reason why so many people are frustrated with religion. Listen in to learn how your walk with God should reflect the fact that you love Him so much, you obey because you want to, not because you have to. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of Proverbs, chapter 8, verse 1, with part one of his message entitled, Take Advantage of Today. Proverbs chapter 8. One day, three men were hiking and unexpectedly came across a huge, raging, violent river. They needed to get to the other side, but they didn't really know how to get there. So the first man stopped and he prayed and he said, God, please give me the strength to cross this raging river. Well, God heard him, answered his prayer, gave his two big arms and strong legs the energy needed, and he was able to swim across that raging river in a little more than two hours. The second man, seeing the first pray to God, said, God, give me the strength and some other tools to be able to get across this river. Well, God answered his prayer, gave him the strength, and also provided him a rowboat. He was able to row across the river in about an hour, almost capsizing a few times, but God helped him. The third man saw how this had worked out for the other two, so he also prayed to God, and he said, God, give me the strength and the tools and the intelligence to cross this river. And immediately, God turned him into a woman. I'm not done. I'm not done. She got out the map and looked at it. She hiked upstream a couple hundred yards and walked across the bridge in five minutes. 
who says we're into women's whatever here? Come on now. You say, well, what a story. Well, in Proverbs chapter 8, amazingly, we see something strange. Godly wisdom, godly wisdom is personified, is portrayed, is pictured in Proverbs 8 as a lady, as a woman, not as a man, but as a lady. And in those first four verses, as you look at those, what happens is that this wisdom from God, this lady, speaks up. And she basically says this, listen up, I'm about to tell you some wise things, if you'll apply to your life, that can change your life. You remember we defined early on when we started the book of Proverbs what wisdom is. Let's go through that definition and kind of remind ourselves what wisdom is. We have lots of wisdom in the world, but God's wisdom is significantly different. Wisdom is living life according to God's point of view, with God's values, and in God's timing. Notice the reference point is always to God. Now, there are many, many, many people uh, who don't get that. They live life without God. They have this kind of underlying belief that there is a God and whatever, but God is not really a part of their lives. In fact, in this United States, most of the United States, that's true. We might have folks in church, but really God is not part of their life. So they don't really have godly wisdom. They have human wisdom. And of course, with that comes a great deal of difficulty. We get wisdom, and let me just remind you how we get it and wh what really takes place. The key to that wisdom we found in Proverbs 9.10. You don't need to turn there. Let me read it to you. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So the key to wisdom is to fear God. Now that doesn't mean kind of saying to your children as the fear God, you don't want to sin against him and put this fear in the kids. That's not what it is at all. Let's take a look at what the fear of God really is. And this is what the Bible tells us. The fear of God is to worship him, to respect him. And here's the other key, to love him so much that we desire to obey him. Not because we have to, but because we want to. And that has to come from love. And that's why so many people are frustrated with religion. Because religion is nothing but doing. Christianity has lots of doing, but it starts with loving. And that's because God first loved us. So the fear of the Lord is to worship Him, respect Him, and love Him so much that we do obey we do good works. We do the thing he wants us to do. Now, in verses 5 through 13, and I'm, we're going to go down just to verse 12 and start to pick that one out. In verses 5 to 13, you can kind of study it at home this week. We see that godly wisdom is gained as we study and apply God's word. If wisdom is then applied, the road of life, how to live life, how to do things right is not very difficult at all. And as I've told you many times before, one of the things you want to look for when, if you get moved out of this uh, town or if you go on vacation and you want to visit a church or whatever, definitely if you're, if you're moving out of town, what you want to find is a church where people are carrying this in with them. You see, if this is not 
part of the church service, except from up here, there's something lacking. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that to you tonight, for those of you that didn't bring your Bible. But this is what it's about. And that's the kind of church you want to go to, because this is where we get wisdom. So wisdom comes through my mouth after it's come to my heart through the Word of God. So that's what doing life right is, is, is all about. It's listening to God's Word, which is wisdom. Now, look at verse 12. Here's this lady speaking, ladies. I, wisdom, dwell together with prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion. Notice, wisdom from God isn't blowing your brains out. There is knowledge. But we have to be careful how we apply that knowledge because you can get a big head. So notice, I wisdom, I dwell together. In other words, entangled with God's wisdom is this word prudence. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. Prudence is seen behind the scenes. It means good sense, forethought, taking caution and care as we live our life. It's not just rushing in and doing something. It's taking wisdom and then thinking about how to apply that wisdom in our life. Looking behind the scenes and saying, okay, God, I want to take care of using my life as you designed it. That's what this prudence is. Now, one of the most prudent things we can do as human beings is to be wise with our time. I have for you on the overhead uh, two verses, Ephesians 5, 15, and 16. You can just write them down. Here's what Paul says. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as the unwise. In other words, somebody that isn't prudent, doesn't really have it, just, just goes off the top of their head and goes with whatever they're feeling. No, be very careful how you live, not as the unwise, but as the wise. And that wise there is godly wisdom. Notice, making the most of every opportunity because the days, circle the word days, that's what we're going to talk about today, 24-hour period of time, the days are evil. If I mention this man's name, and I will in a moment, you'll immediately recognize it. Probably everybody in this room will recognize it. This is a man who has traveled throughout the whole world preaching the gospel. He lives in North Carolina. You already know who it is, Billy Graham. A brilliant man, and yet his messages are always simple. And the response is always massive, because it's the power of God's word. When you see a man who's been that outstanding... In a day when many people have fallen, and he stands true, you want to listen and want to look at his life. And as I read parts of his autobiography, one of the things that challenged me is this one statement from Billy Graham. Now remember, this guy is incredibly wise, been around the world. I mean, you and I will never have the opportunity to even do a little bit of what he's done. Listen to what he said. Here, here's what Billy Graham says. Here's the biggest surprise in Billy Graham's life. How short life is. Billy Graham said the, the, the biggest surprise, and he said this many years ago, of my whole life is how short 
life really is. So when I hear a man say that, I listen up. Because it means there's something I need to do. Paul was saying the same thing there. Be very careful then how you live. Not as the unwise, but the wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. You see, life is unexpected. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. Today is a gift from God. That's why it's called the present. Use it wisely. Use it wisely. Turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 20. And I'm going to give you only three things to remember tonight. And we're going to see if you can remember them as we go through. Three things I'm going to ask you to write down and to, to remember. And I'll put these up here as you're turning to 2 Kings chapter 20. Here are the three things. Number one, you can write them down because we'll be repeating them during the service. You'll catch them again if you miss it. Life is precious. Enjoy it. Number two, life is valuable. Invest it. Number three, life is temporary. Plan on it. Well, here we are in 2 Kings chapter 20, if you found your way there. It says, in those days, Hezekiah. Now, Hezekiah was a, a good king ruling over the, the nation of Israel, which had been split this time, Judah. He was a good king. In those days, Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. And the prophet Isaiah, so now we have a godly king and we have a godly prophet. This godly prophet would often hear from God and then give his message to the king to help them direct the nation. So the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to him and said, now this is not, really, if you're the prophet, you probably don't like these words, but here's what he was told from God. This is what the Lord says. Put your house in order, because you're going to die, and you will not recover. How many like to be the Isaiah prophet telling the king that? This is what God told him. Now, how did God know this? You see, we laugh. God knows everything. Our times are in his hands. So God said to the prophet Isaiah, you, you go tell the king, get your house in order because you're going to die. You will not recover. Life is temporary. Plan on it. Interesting that the prophet told the king, Get things in order. What he was saying is, your sickness that you have is terminal. Whether you have a sickness tonight or not doesn't matter. The death rate is always 100 out of every 100. You're sitting here, you will someday die, as all of us. There are no exceptions. So, Interesting, he says, get things in order. Most people get all kinds of things in order, but the one thing that they should get in order, their heart, their life. Maybe you're here tonight, and you've got your trust, and you've got your all the legal stuff, you've got it set aside, and you've got a video of all your stuff, and who, which kids are going to get this, and all those kind of things, and your wife or husband knows where all the, the papers are. That's great. You should do it. 
But there's something else that you have to plan for because we're out of here. So what he's saying, of course, to this good king was just kind of now think about it. Who's going to come the next king? How are you going to work this thing? What's going to happen in the palace? All these things. He was already in order. Let me ask you early on in this teaching. Are you? If you died before you left this service, are things in order? Is your heart right with God? You say, well, Pastor Mike, that, that won't happen. I don't have to worry about it. Notice, life is temporary. Just plan on it. Verse 2. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Remember, O Lord, how I've walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion and have done what is good in your eyes. In other words, he's reminding God, God, why, why this? Why now? So he goes to prayer. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. He enjoyed life. You'll see that in a moment. It's not wrong for a Christian to enjoy life. He didn't want to die. Now, one of the reasons in the Old Testament it was hard is in the Old Testament, they didn't have a lot of information about what took place after death. It was kind of sparse. In fact, Job one time basically said to God, if a man dies, will he live again? Well, now when we get to the New Testament, we have a lot more information on what happens after death. But they didn't have many. So part of his fear probably was, what's really going to happen after I die? Keep your finger in 2 Kings or put your little piece of notepaper there. We'll be back later. Let, let's head over to the New Testament, to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 1. Paul was speaking, and you have to remember about Paul. Paul at one time had a, a, a trip or a visit to heaven. It was a vision, and he went to heaven, and he couldn't describe it. It was so awesome. So Paul saw what none of us have ever seen. And that's why I'm personally leery, little leery, of people that will tell you about all their life or their death experiences right on the bed or they'll write this book of going to heaven and give all this detail or, or to hell or whatever, all tremendous detail. When Paul, who went there, said, I can't even describe it. Well, it's hard for me to think you and I going could describe it if Paul couldn't describe it. So I just leave it knowing it's going to be a great place. It's going to be an awesome place. Well, look at Philippians chapter 1, verse 21. Look what Paul says. He had the same kind of a deal. You see, he was honest with God. And he's, he's teaching these people in Philippians, the whole book about joy, says this. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Now, that is only true if you're a Christian. What Paul says, I love serving God. And if I'm going to die, that's all right, because I've already had a vision of what I'm going to. It's awesome. So actually, it's a gain compared to where I am right now. Verse 22. Now, if I go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful, circle the word, labor for me. You see, Paul was talking about, if God's going to take me to heaven, well, what happens with all those things that he wants me to continue to do here? Or, I'm ready to go. In fact, I'd like to go right now. But watch how he explains it in the next verse. I'm torn between the two. I desire to be to depart and be with Christ, which is what? 
far better. See, since we've never had that picture of heaven, never been to heaven, and especially if you're going through a good time tonight, this verse relates. Now, if you're going through a little, a little touch of hell on earth, you're thinking, anything's better, let's go. When we're doing good, Paul's saying here, I'm torn. I enjoy living here. Notice, I'm torn between the two and desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better, but, verse 24, it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. In other words, Paul knew, speaking to the Philippian church, that God still needed him here on the earth to share to them, to grow them, to disciple them, to challenge them, to get them involved with the unbelievers. Paul also knew this because Paul had this tremendous desire to win the world for Christ. Paul knew this. That many people didn't get the spiritual walk with God yet. He he was in in pagan territory most of his life. And he realized looking out among the people that were walking by the streets with him, they didn't get it. They had no clue what heaven and hell was about. They didn't understand the one true God. So Paul says, really, it's better if I stay for now. Because God has things for me to do, and he was investing his life in who? People. You're going to get that numbers of times. You're going to hear all kinds of things repeated. Paul was investing his life wisely because he was investing them in people. Notice what he says here. It's far more necessary for you that I stay here. I'm staying because God has use for me here. Now, If you're still alive tonight, then what does that say? If you're a Christian and you're still alive tonight, what does that say? It says that God still has use for who? You. For me. He has things for me to do. He has people for me to share the gospel with. He has good works for me to do. He has more discipling to take place in my life that I'll be more like Christ. And That means, I mean, it sounds ridiculous the way I said it, if you're still alive. Well, certainly we're still alive. So if you're a Christian, then God has more things for you to do. When he's through with us, we are out of here. Until then, that's why I don't fear my death. I don't know how it'll come, whatever. But when God knows that I'm through... Even though I enjoy life here, I'm out of here. He knows better than me. So we don't have fear. Doesn't mean we want to lay in a bed with whatever disease. But there's really no fear because His timing, remember, God's wisdom is always in God's timing. Pastor Mark defined prudence as having good sense, forethought, and taking caution and care as we live. He said that one of the most prudent things we can do as human beings is to be wise with our time. Scripture even says we're to make the most of every opportunity. Life's short, so remember, yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. Today is a gift from God. That's why it's called the present. Use it wisely. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. 
The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Now here's Josh with today's message number and title. Thanks. The message number from today's broadcast is 4027, and the title of this message is Take Advantage of Today. Again, today's message number for ordering purposes is 4027, and the title of this message is Take Advantage of Today. A quick search for the synonym of the word waste will bring up terms such as misuse, lost opportunity, and destruction. With that in mind, are you using your energy and resources to dwell on the past, ruin the present, or squander the future? Next time on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will explain how we can take advantage of today by asking the obvious question, what are you wasting your time on? We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue sharing with us from the book of Proverbs. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Hear your